Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection, taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post-high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith, and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions in pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite-sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. tuning in today. It is an exciting episode for us because this is our first interview episode, as I promised last week. In addition to being the first interview episode, we've been spending a lot of time really digging into the nitty gritty of college credit in high school and using a college catalog and helping your student develop hope. So more of those really tangible feet on the ground topics. Now, today, we're going to scale way up and talk about the purpose of higher education and what that means for you and your student as you're making decisions about college. So these next two episodes might not feel as practically helpful as some of the other ones, but my hope is that it provides context 
for what's happening in higher education today, how that affects you, and gives you a lot to think about as you are seeking to understand the system of higher education and again, how that impacts you and your student. So today I have the privilege of interviewing a good friend of mine. Her name is Maddie Whitmore. I met her when she was in college and have since watched her develop as a professional and as a person. She is a very, very thoughtful individual, especially when it comes to these really big issues in higher education. So I am going to end it there, let her introduce herself. But thanks so much for joining us today, Maddie. Thank you so much for such a kind introduction. As Leah said, my name is Maddie. I am currently a doctoral candidate in the higher education studies and leadership program at Baylor University. Um, That's just a fancy way of saying that I've done everything I needed to do towards this degree except finish my dissertation. So that's what I'm working on now um, with an emphasis in food insecurity in higher education as my dissertation topic. Um, And basic needs is really a passion area of mine as well as access issues in higher education. So I'm excited for this conversation. Um, But I live in Waco, and I moved here almost five years ago now to pursue a master's in higher education and student affairs, um, the same program that Leah had done. And so that's why I'm here, and I'm passionate about higher education, but more importantly, issues of social justice and how those play out in higher education, which I think is pertinent to our topic today. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Yes. Holy cow, you've been here five years. I know. I can't believe that. Yeah. All right. Well, in just a couple minutes, can you give us kind of a 20,000 foot view of the history of education in the United States? Yes, that is a great, great starting point. Context is always really helpful for me personally. Mm -hmm. So understanding the history of sort of the purpose of college, I think Mm -hmm. when I was thinking about this question, I felt might be helpful to narrow since you could write a whole textbook on the history of higher education. So that we're not here for a few hours. Um, I'll speak just generally about the progression of the different purposes of college. So the earliest colleges in the United States before it was even the United States and it was just the colonies um, were colonial colleges with the purpose of educating clergy to form Christian gentlemen. Um, And as time progressed, uh, the United States became more of a nation. It was for the purpose of educating statesmen, educating men, white men who had families with from mercantile wealth and teaching them how to inherit that and then lead um, within their their colonial governments and colonial bodies. And it was more about confirming a societal elite rather than opening opportunity. So then we progressed more into the late 1700s, early 1800s, where there was a movement in society that Um, hoped to have the college curriculum meet societal needs, but that never really took off until later, um, until the late 1800s, early 1900s, because people at that time were still interested 
in more of a denominational college experience rather than a modern university as we know it today. But this really changed after the Civil War with land grant legislation, which basically was just an incentive for states to sell their distant Western lands back to the federal government with those proceeds going towards education in their own states. So that could have been to start schools or to add on to colleges that already exist, which introduced this idea of useful programs. So agriculture, mechanics, mining, and military, which was sort of the first introduction to more of a utilitarian curriculum as an option in higher education, as opposed to the more kind of what we understand now as the liberal arts. So then if we move forward to between 1880 and 1910, 1920, this is really where the foundations of how we understand college today um, were created. So this was a time of unprecedented growth in higher education. What we know now as multiple statewide university systems and elite colleges and really wealthy um, college and universities was um, created during this time because of unprecedented philanthropy connected to the growth in industry at that time in American history and the emergence of industry titans who directed their wealth towards building colleges. So think like the Rockefellers, for example, which created the great modern American university that we know today. It obviously looks different now, but that's really where it started. And which also introduced ranking systems for colleges and universities, which today you maybe heard of the US News and World Report rankings. Um, those are a key driver of institutional behavior and decision-making that started at this time. So, and it was also at this time that college going became more popular and for the purpose of social mobility, as well as, as gaining social status, which I think we can resonate with today as well. So starting in, 1920 through 1945, so the era of World War I and II, college really was supposed to represent this opportunity for upward mobility, but it just revealed the realities that much of American society as we know it is not a meritocracy, but about connections and privileges of birth and wealth. And that was really revealed in the types of students who were going to college at this time, um, the types that were successful and things like that, who education was available to, for example. So there were also college reformers during this time that were attempting to bring back the true purposes of higher education, which were to them, and which we might say at the heart of the purpose of higher education, what it should be, um, which were learning, the cultivation of the mind, truth for its own sake. Um, and to these reformers, all of those goals had become obsolete and higher education had instead, it represented an opportunity to form connections, obtain social status, or even to get a job. But they were hoping to bring back the central mission of higher education, of learning, but even that is kind of up for debate because higher education has never really had a central mission or purpose. It's kind of been different 
for different schools and different individuals and things like that. So that's something important, I think, to keep in mind today is that different schools look different for everyone. But then in 1945 to 1970, that was what we say now as the golden age of higher education, where there was actually a massive expansion in access, which presented the opportunity for social mobility for a lot of people. And that started with the GI Bill for returning veterans, and then um, what we know now as Pell Grants, uh, which were the first time that students were given direct allocations of money to go to whatever institution they wanted to. And so social mobility actually was probably the main goal purpose during this time. And it wasn't just the stated goal, but it was a reality for a lot of individuals. And there was also the incentive for government spending on higher education to fund the sciences. So this was more in the time of Sputnik, the space race, all of that. And the emphasis on college to for the purpose of national defense, which really emphasized government support and justified spending that money on higher education. But starting in the 1970s with a larger um, financial crisis, federal support, state support for colleges and universities has really declined. And that's where we see the roots of the really extreme rise in cost in higher education today was started in this time. And even without the consideration of natural inflation over time, we have seen the proportion that states and the federal government give to higher education really decline in contrast to what tuition is and what is expected of students and families to pay. They are the main Students and families now are the main financers of institutions with, through their tuition dollars for the most part. And so um, even when globalization and increasing competition from other uh, countries in the global marketplace was a motivation for the government to support higher education, it still has not ever compared to what it has been in the past. And so that right now we're in a period where there are different interest groups and different purposes of college for different stakeholders. So the government, for example, has an interest in producing graduates so that the United States can compete in the global marketplace. But that is a little bit contradictory because the rising costs of college each year reveal that state and federal spending has really declined. Um, but then colleges have an interest in becoming more selective, improving their rankings to become more prestigious and attract more tuition dollars. And uh, one way of doing this is having good post-graduation job placements and rankings, um, a higher ranking on the US News and World Report, for example. And then finally, students have an interest in obtaining a college degree from a university that will help them get a job, whether that's through connections or the training that they receive there. But we're all sort of on the same page, but also not at all, which makes it a really complicated time, I think, in the history of American higher education. 
And all of that came from John Thielen's book, A History of Higher Education. So if you, if those topics are interesting to you, I really recommend that um, for more context. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. That was very thorough and very interesting. Thanks, Maddie. All right, friends, we're going to pause the conversation right here. We go on to talk about the purpose of higher education today and how that informs the decisions that you make as a family, but we don't want to go on too long in either episode. So I'm going to pause it here, come back next week to pick up the last half of the conversation with Maddie. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at callingandcollegiateconsulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student, but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan for their future.